Spoiler oh. alert, we liked these short stories, right? It, did we? Is this our well, actual Well, I intro? did. I, I, yes. Yes, this is our actual Okay. Intro. We're just going to get right into it. I liked the, both of these short stories. Justin, I think you enjoyed one and not the other. Is that, is that about right? Yeah. Um, did we find out which one is which? Because we didn't even say our short stories that we read. I was... Yeah. Yeah, so. well... <laughs> So, um, we read two short stories for Utopia Month. The Ones Who Walk Away from Omelas, and The Cartographer Wasps, and The Anarchist Bees. Uh, both of these short stories do have some dystopian elements, but they still kind of hit on some, um, I, well, I would say they both kind of hit on some utopian uh, aspects. Um, I would say so too. And we did try to find some utopian stuff, but we were either already reading that or we did not agree with the contents of that short story. And we usually would try to diversify the content we read, but let's just say we don't actively try to seek out and read them for this podcast. Yeah. Um, and I'm Justin. I'm, I'm Pierce. <laughs> You know, the, the two people who do the sideshows, typically. Yeah, usually. <laughs> Someday we'll get another person on here, but that's not today. It's not this episode. Yeah. Um, so I am guessing we're going to be starting with The Ones Who Walk Away From Omelas by Ursula K. Le Guin. Le Guin? Le Guin. Le Guin. I, uh, I, I read this short story actually about a year ago now for um, the... F- not the final, but it was like a final exam on my uh, in my <clears throat> uh, fantasy literature class in my oh, freshman year of college. That you really enjoyed. Yeah, it was it was a good class, um, and this was honestly like a great short story to end it off with, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, it's a very moral quandary. It's like it's a very it proposes a moral quandary, um, which I found very interesting. Let's get into that moral quandary by summarizing the story. Um, so it opens up on the town of Omelas, which is this beautiful, serene town. Everybody's happy. There's no need for drugs. There's no need for police. It's basically everybody being happy. They're watching a horse, um, a horse race, and people are vibrant in this festival. They're enjoying life. They're saying, wow, we love Omelas. But there's a catch, because... Um, um, at the cost of having no king, soldiers, priests, or slaves, they have a child in a basement, in a door where um, no one can access it. Um, child is chained, beaten, um, starved, well, barely starved, just to the point of like where he's able to survive. Um, he's basically deprived of anything um, that makes him human. He is basically tortured, but that is what at the cost of making the society great. And... Um, it the narrator keeps on proposing it's like hey this is happening but look how happy everybody else is um everybody is uh obviously not comfortable with this happening because some people are like it in tears over how cruel they're trading this child and even if it's worth it a lot of them do come to terms with it but in the title drop um there are some that walk away from omelas because it's implied that they just can't handle this um, they aren't happy with a child being tortured for the greater good, which is admittedly a, a noble stance to take. So, 
yeah, that's the spiel. And I mean, we will tweet out to you guys like, hey, uh, tweet out to us say not just any pod if you would live in this society or would you not live in this society? Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, that's actually an excellent question. Um, I, I understand if uh, you say yes, because this is this city is basically the ultimate utilitarian question. Do you continue to live in this in a city where one child is is tortured and uh, basically forever um, in order for everyone else to be happy? I would personally say no, but I but I do understand the arguments of people who would say yes. Um, there's no wrong answer, and there's no right yeah. answer. Um, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make it does. It obviously does not sit well with me that you know someone is getting tortured for the rest of their life, and um, I probably wouldn't be staying in there because it just it doesn't it doesn't make me feel. I, I couldn't be able to sleep at night, and this is some great rep for me because look how the moral stance I'm taking. But in all honesty, I, I don't think I would be able to um, live in a world like that. It's just it's not something I want to want to. Yeah, do. everyone knows about it, and I can't remember i can't find the line exactly but i'm pretty sure they do actually have access to see oh yeah no, yeah the, the door child. um like a couple that um some people um get to uh, access it but um they aren't allowed to interact with the child they aren't allowed to make the child even really happy um yeah anything away there there are also other reasons that i brought up in the essay that i wrote for um over this short story um that that this city isn't actually all it's cracked up to be uh apparently i haven't read much of uh Le Guin's other work but i wrote about how there's a couple lines about nature and the surroundings of the city that i cannot find it's only four pages and i can't find anything i'm looking control for. f uh i tried that <laughs> okay <laughs> There's a couple lines about the outside of the city and how like a few generations have passed and people are and some people are less like happy, um, or something. I cannot find anything. Great. Um, okay. but, but but basically it's something along those lines. And what I wrote in my essay was that basically after after time has passed and um, these some there was some group of people that founded the city who beat nature right and that's kind of what the history of human humanity and humankind has always been mm -hmm. is beating nature pretty much beating back natural death not um you know the uh beating back the bad things that nature does to us um being able Resilience. to get, get yeah being able to get food without constantly looking for it foraging for it hunting for it um, just beating back the the natural nature of the world. Um, but after a few generations of living in this city, there will be groups of people who have no idea what that feeling is like. So they're not as... Um, uh, Take your time. <laughs> they're, not, they're not as pleased by, by this, this city where there's no... Um, it becomes the norm, basically. Right. Yeah, it becomes the norm. They're not. Um, they're not as pleased by this city where there's no growth from facing adversity, pretty much, because there's no adversity in the city, and the main source of adversity throughout human history has been nature. So I wrote about how nature 
the lack of of uh, fighting nature made people gr- grow to not be. Um, I keep saying not as pleased, but there's another word I'm looking for. I swear, um, by <laughs> by living in the city. Uh, and uh, my professor actually wrote that that was something that he didn't even think about. I was pretty proud of that, uh, and, he, and he said it made sense too from Le Guin's other other writings, which I actually haven't um, actually haven't read. So I haven't. I'm not able to back that up personally. But I know one of them got turned into a movie, um, the Hayao Miyazaki movie, which I have not seen because it's apparently his worst film. And I I don't go on my way. I'm not a completionist. But I did want to talk about, like, the writing. Um, I know that you may not be able to comment on this, Pierce, but um, the way that I really like is that um, the way it opens up, um, talking about a horse race, and it's talking about how serene it is, talking about, like, how great the city is. And within the, the next couple of paragraphs, it talks about, in, like, almost the same manner, about, like, how ca- casually they beat this child. Um, and he, Ursula, I have no Is this a woman? Yeah, it's a woman. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, <laughs> basically, it she doesn't shy away from the details of um, how they treat this child. Um, they she goes the extra mile because I almost flinched reading it because I'm like, oh, it's kind of nasty, kind of gross. Um, just to really deliver home, like on how on how unethical this is, um, be treating someone like this, and they they don't shy away. Um, they don't hold back. Um, so I, that's, that's definitely something I really liked about the short story. Um, Mm -hmm. and another thing is, um, I'm not going to spoil the movie, but this basically is exactly like the movie Snowpiercer directed by Bong Joon-ho starring Chris Pine Pratt. No, it's not Pratt. (laughs) Why would it be Chris Pratt? It's Captain America. It's Captain America. That's Chris Chris Evans. Yeah. Chris Evans. Yeah. Um, basically, it has a very, very similar theme and very similar th- setup. So check that out if you really enjoyed this short story. I don't want to spoil yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I would recommend reading this short story. Like, we didn't, we obviously gave away, like, the, oh, the, it's a kid, but, um, it, you know, it's only four pages. And I think it's a, it is a really interesting question. Um, the, you know, the utilitarian question. Uh, and and obviously, lot, there's plenty of other media out there that you could watch or read or enjoy because it's so it the focus is utilitarianism. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, do you have anything else you'd want to say? I've exhausted every single thing I had to say. <laughs> um, maybe okay. Actually, my one of my criticisms is that it is very simplistic. But of course, short story that's all four pages long. So this yeah, this criticism is kind of mute. Mute. I, I think. I think for what it is, there are bits and pieces you can pull from it. I I had to get a little bit creative in my um, analysis of it for the essay because it's only four pages long. Um, So I I do think there are things you can pull from it um, that aren't just like, oh, utilitarianism, like the thing that I said about nature. Um, But yeah, it is is fairly simplistic. Not not, Not a huge slate on it, so. Yeah. Shall we get to the next story? Yes. So this one is called The Cartographer Wasps and the Anarchist Bees. It's by E. Lily Yu. Um, she... You want to introduce this yeah, great, I, famous author? I was going to. 
Um, so she's an American and she hasn't done a whole lot as of yet in her career as a writer. Uh, in 2012, she won an award for best new writer. And this short story was nominated for the Hugo award for best short story and the world fantasy award for best shorts, short fiction. Um, and her first novel is, is supposed to come out late this year. So it's, it's almost December. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it, it may have gotten postponed. Um, right. Unless Wikipedia so, just hasn't been updated. It's 2021 now, so... It does. Okay, so it probably got delayed. Uh, <laughs> Yo, do you think if I, if I try to add her on Facebook, she'll accept? Because she doesn't have any she, likes on her page. She has 379 likes, so... Maybe she will. Um, anyhow, so she certainly, you know, out of the small work that she has that's... Um, the small the small work that she has that's been big enough to make it onto her Wikipedia page, um, it, it's apparently pretty good. Uh, and I, after reading it, would say that it is pretty good. Um, this is the one I didn't like, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, so I mean, okay, I was gonna tweet at her. I I was trying to find out if she had any social media, so I could like tweet at her, going, "Hey, check out this podcast." But now that I'm trashing on her pot uh, on her. Only or her short story. Um, I really hope she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> You're not. You can criticize it without trashing on it. Okay, it's too late for that. <laughs> so, um, so basically, the story is as follows: the um, we open on a village uh, in which there are a bunch of humans, and they are taking advantage of wasps. Um, to write, to make maps on their paper. Um, and after a certain point, the the humans have, like, basically made the wasps near extinct, I think. Um, from what I'm, from what I read and what I think that it says. Yeah. Um, the beginning is a little confusing because they throw you right in. Uh, but after after you get out of the beginning... Uh, there's a small colony of wasps. I think they're sailing down a river and they're trying to look for a new place to start a, to found a home. And at the, at this point, they've learned from the humans that nearly wiped them out and they set up a home and they um, kind of dominate the local bee population. Uh, and the, the bees serve them they teach the intelligent bees to be apprentices and to read and write wasp language and to become cartographers themselves um, and do angles and math and stuff. Uh, and then the rest of the bees make honey for them so that they can go out on longer journeys and, you know, make more maps because they're cartographer wasps. That's the title. Um, yes. Uh, but eventually... Um, they kind of have, so, uh, they dominated the queen when they got there and then the queen, that queen dies. And so the new queen is kind of like their like subject and that's all that queen has ever known. Um, and eventually one of the bees that's like intelligent as a female bee and she, um, she actually turns out to be an anarchist bee. Um, it's hereditary. It's a gene yeah. that's passed down. 
Yes, it is. And so she actually has several B children, all of whom are male. And so they go, uh, you know, she kind of, she not, not only is she an anarchist and it's hereditary and she passes it down to them, but also uh, they, um, she also, as they're like larvae before they like hatch, she also it whispers to them like, hey, this is, uh, this is how anarchy should work. This is how gov the government should work. We shouldn't have hierarchies. There should be no monarchy or queen. And so as they hatch, they then go to the queen and they, um, I think two of them are able to mate with the queen. And so they pass down the hereditary anarchism <laughs> that, <laughs> that bees have. Um, and, you know, a, a few generations down the line, there's basically more anarchist bees, uh, more and more of them. And eventually you find there's like a whole group of anarchist bees who have learned things from the wasps, like astronomy, military, um, how the world looks outside of where the bees can get to uh, currently. Um so they and they kind of go around and spread their anarchism and the bees that uh hear that like them ask them to govern govern us and they say a perfect society needs no rulers because we're anarchists <laughs> and then at 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 some point one summer a human comes to the area and they uh find they're looking for more wasps and they find the the wasps that had made the nest there uh, and they actually bring them home to breed new wasps so that the humans can have more wasp paper and take more advantage of the wasps. Uh, and so the bees wake up one morning and, and the wasps are completely gone. Um, Fun story. Yeah. So, well, then, so then uh, the wasps are completely gone. The bees are super happy. Even the queen who didn't know what, you know, ruling on her own was like, was happy. Um, and then they find that, you know, the queen sends some patrols out and they find um, another hive uh, that seems to have been attacked. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it seems to have been attacked. And then there's like a, written on the like hexagons of the hive uh written it just calls them words of revolution and they read it in silence and then one said to the other right and she did um and then that's the end of the story um so yeah uh cliffhanger there'll never be a part two <laughs> um so, Justin, you said that you didn't think this had as many utopian themes as I was still unable to find um, any because I, I don't think this is like a paradise because initially when the wasps take over the bees, it's usually it's like by force almost mm -hmm. it's like, hey, you got to get enslaved or you adopt their culture. And when they do, it doesn't really improve their lives, if I recall correctly. It's just like. They're going along with it, but um, no, they're no, they're worse off when the when the wasps yeah. come in. There, there are a lot worse off. 
Yep, and the hereditary gene gets passed on. All that jazz. I, I, I'm still struggling to like try to remember what happens in the story because I did not enjoy it, even though you just uh, related it all to me. Um, what do I say to this? It's just, I don't know. The story doesn't do much for me. I'm sorry. Um, I, I also, the utopian elements are kind of there, but I, I honestly see more dystopia than anything else because it don't happy. So I think for me personally, looking at the story, it's more of like the idea of anarchists coming out of a dystopia and into their version of a utopia. Um, so like while the anarchists haven't exactly made a utopia yet, they're laying the groundwork now that there's been kind of a um, background noise. Yeah, I know. I love it. <laughs> it's not that bad. Carry on. Carry on. Should I? Yeah, you should. Is it not that bad? It's not that bad. Okay. Um, keeping this part in, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> what? Anyway, so um, while while the anarchist bees have not exactly like created their ideal society, they've kind of walked in, got into a power vacuum, and they've spread their message to different groups of bees. Um, so, and while those bees aren't like technically anarchist bees, like they don't have the gene or whatever. Um, they're still, uh, they still would align themselves with the cause of the, of the anarchist bees because they, you know, they say govern us. Um, mm. And, you know, they refuse. Uh, so while this isn't, I don't think this is a story of a utopia. I don't think this is a story of, uh, even really the foundation of a utopia. This is the story of laying the groundwork for what could become a utopia. Mm, good um, point. Yeah. Which which is a which is a different story, and I think that's actually really interesting for us picking this because it's a that's a totally different story from the other stuff that we've been reading that we've read so far, um, and that you know, we and whoever joins us next week will have read in preparation for our main episode. Hopefully it's next week. Because <laughs> Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think we've I think we've got everything figured out for Thanksgiving. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Oh behind the scenes drama right on the show. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah anyway, so the the yeah. I, I think that the story is, is actually a really interesting kind of look into... Because most of the time with a, with a utopian novel, regardless of if you start like in the middle of it or you start in the middle of it and it has flaws, so it's not really a utopia, like Omelas. Um, mm. Or if you like start in a dystopia when certain things have gone too far or you know what, what have you. I don't think many stories really focus on what could be the groundwork for a utopia in the um at the start before you know really laying the groundwork to get to the point where you can get to a utopia that is if you think anarchism would create a utopia which 
I, I don't know if the author does. I think the author does. She we don't know anything about this author. <laughs> we don't know anything about this author. No, we do not. But uh, based off the writing, the writing seems to think pretty highly of the anarchist bees. So that I would think so. I would think the author would be in support of that. She's never given out an interview, but you know what? She's going to be big one day, and she'll look back on this podcast and see that these two people are discovering her because it's literally Very early on. Yeah. I mean, she's been active since 2012, but I don't think she's posted anything. I think, I think she's been, fire. I think she's been active since before that, but this is like her main, the main work that's really like got noticed. Maybe this will be her magnum opus. Yeah, may, maybe. She peaked here. <laughs> you, I mean, you didn't really like it. So if, if this is her peak for you. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I really hope she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> listen, what's what's her name? Lily, Lily. Lily. I, think, her <laughs> I don't know what her first name is because it's E Lily. You, but listen, listen, Lily. I I enjoyed it. Okay, keep keep doing what you're doing, Lily. You've got potential, Lily. You you've got potential. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah, you right. keep going at it. Don't, don't I, let my I, words discourage you. I I think that's a that's a good note to end off on, especially um, considering you're saying don't let my words discourage you. Meanwhile, you're like, by the a, way, a, a twenty a twenty year old indie podcast host, and she's like won an award and been nominated for two other awards. Um. <laughs> We gotta plug. But, we gotta plug but don't. In. But, but don't let us discourage you, Lily. <laughs> but Lily, 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 should follow us on Twitter at Not Just Any Pod, um, where you get to vote in polls that are, you know, will determine what our next episodes will be on. Not this episode. Not next week's episode, and probably not January's episode because we got something in mind for that. We will keep you in tune. Yes, uh, and also. Also, I, I guess we should announce it now since we're talking about the polls. There will not be a poll this week. You'd be following for a future poll because in December uh, we're taking a month off. We will still release. I know we have one episode planned. Maybe we'll release a second one just to stay active. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're we're mostly taking the month of December off. It's it's our break from you know from school and stuff. So we really want to actually like take a break. Yeah, uh, but we'll be back in January as normal with our three episodes. We will still have one episode in December, so uh, or maybe maybe we won't because you know Thanksgiving we're probably going to be uploading something there. We don't know yet. We don't know. But um, Lily, if you're still reading, uh, if you're still listening to this. Hats off to you. Um, be sure to rate us five stars on iTunes or wherever you do podcasting reviews because that helps us out a lot. Um, so. Lily, if this doesn't work out for you, become a podcaster. You join us here. All right. Uh, goodbye from me. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>